0: Hi, I hope you've had a joyful week. Welcome back to the Live Curious, Thy Wild podcast. If this is your first time, welcome to the show. I'm your host, Jane Malone. I'd really appreciate it if you took a second now to follow the show. Join our curious community here for our Monday morning mindfulness episodes, where I discuss a topic related to mindfulness and intentional living in order to help you stop cruising on autopilot and start taking the wheel. You deserve to fiercely and joyfully live your dreams with courage, self-confidence, and an abundance mindset. Now grab a cup of coffee, tea, matcha, or lemon water, and let's go. Maybe you'll agree these are hidden signs of toxic relationships, or maybe not. Maybe you'll recognize some of them, but maybe you haven't really noticed others until after hearing this episode. Like after the first time you see a new car you really like, and then suddenly you seem to see it everywhere. But honestly, I hope that's not the case. I hope these hidden signs of a toxic relationship don't show up for you. But still, if they do, at least you'll know what you're looking for. So oftentimes, people who find themselves in toxic relationships with others, whether it's friendships or romantic partnerships, are attracting toxic partners. Some reasons that we may attract toxic people is, uh, for example, we second guess ourselves, um, our judgments or our intuitions. We may have grown up in a similar household or familiar environment that had a toxic relationship, and so it seems normal. Or maybe we have unclear boundaries or we don't make our boundaries clear enough to others. So those are all some possible reasons for why we may find ourselves in a toxic relationship. But something I do want to point out is how toxic relationships are. So there's levels. It's it's like so many other things in life, toxic relationships can be on a spectrum. So there can be some elements of toxicity Um, that are not so bad. There can be some that are kind of like in the middle and some that are very, very severe. And what I mean by not so bad is that some of them, sometimes people don't know they're doing them. So you'll hear that later on. We'll talk about it for a little bit. Um, They may not realize that it's a toxic behavior that they're engaging in. And so when they find out about it, when you bring it up with them and you talk to them, they are more than happy to do their best to develop new habits and to replace that toxic behavior with a positive, supportive behavior. So that's what I mean. So don't assume the worst of your friend or your partner. I'm not excusing any kind of toxic behavior. Yet I think it's important to initially give people the benefit of the doubt in beginning as you address your concerns with them. Um, because in the beginning, it's better to assume good intent from your friend or partner. Avoid blaming and projecting this blame onto them. That's not going to make anyone receptive to trying to change. In fact, you know they could ha- they could have been receptive, but then if you approach them in a blaming, you know, kind of pointing your finger way, then they may dig their heels in just you know, as a reaction to the way that you're talking to them and not because they actually don't want to change. So really approach these topics as a conversation with the other person. And with those caveats, here are three hidden signs you're in a toxic relationship. Sign one, compromise takes two, but it's only you. Think for a moment. Are you the only one compromising in the relationship? Does your friend or romantic partner always ask you to change your plans or to do what they want to do? Do you make plans and then they change them? Or do you agree on something together, but then they always like, you know, like calling their friend and saying, oh, you know, like, So-and-so wants to do this. Can we do this instead, babe, you know, instead of what we're about to do that we agreed to do? And it may be fun and it may seem like a great opportunity, but when that happens too frequently, it's not any fun. (laughs) And if you've been in these situations uh, in a frequent type of way, then you know exactly what I'm talking about. Compromise is a cornerstone of all relationships. But so is each person in the relationship. So is their ability to be independent and to set healthy boundaries that the other person respects. So if your partner shows unease or displeasure with your decision to, for example, spend time alone or forego a social event, that's a red flag. It's especially a sign of a toxic relationship if they attempt to pressure you into changing your mind. And sometimes this is a low key soft sell to use a, a marketing marketing term um, type of way that they're approaching, trying to get you to change your mind. But at the end of the day, it's still trying to get you to change your mind from something that you decided you needed for yourself, like alone time or not going to a certain social event. So first of all, When they attempt to change your minds or they pressure you by showing that they're unhappy with your decision, this undermines your autonomy. And second, it suggests that your friend or your partner does not respect or value your boundaries. Sign two, they have a victim mentality. This means they make everything about them and not you. So let's say you sit down to lunch with a friend and they ask how's your day going. In response you start to describe a challenging conversation you had with a client or with your son, daughter. Instead of asking sincere follow-up questions or listening, they interject with how their tough morning was, or they may even reach back to a phone call or a text from the previous night. This is selfish on the part of your friend or your partner. This leaves you feeling unheard and often with a feeling that your life and your experiences aren't as important or are not valued by your friend or partner. Now, to be fair, some people don't realize that they do this and this is what i was talking about when i said that there is a spectrum of toxicity some things are just not as harmful to us or injurious um and this is one of them that if it happens every now and then it's not it's not too um it's not too difficult for us to kind of process but on the other hand It's not great to be in a relationship where this is an ongoing pattern uh, of interaction. So some people do this with good intentions. In other words, they think that by sharing their problems with you when you express one, that they are empathizing or bonding showing that you both have it rough, right? So, Oh man, you say this, uh, this, this was a really tough call that I had. I had to deal with this certain customer or my son or daughter had this problem that I had to work with. And you say, Oh wow. I totally can relate to what you're saying. Or yeah, man, I had a similar situation or, Oh, it was tough for me last night when I had to deal with so-and-so. Um, So on the one hand, it can sound like your friend is empathizing or your partner is trying to bond with you and say, Hey, we're both in this together. We both are facing difficult things, but (laughs) this approach at the end of the day is a big deal and it needs to be modified. The other person needs to know that if this approach isn't working for you, that they need to change it. So the only way for them to know that if they're not aware of what they're doing is for you to communicate that. So sometimes we really just need to be heard and to be listened to. You know, sometimes we get a nice hug from someone and that eases our minds so much, but we still might need to talk. And listening, intentional, sincere listening, Is like a hug. When we hold space, we're using the word hold, it's like we're holding the other person. It's like this force field, if you want to imagine it that way. It's like we're placing our energy around that person and we're holding them in our energy because we're giving them our energy. Does that make sense? So we need the spotlight. This energy is like this force field, this spotlight. We need it on us sometimes. And this is a kind of a non-actual physical body hug. We hug the other person with our undivided attention. So sometimes just telling your friend or your partner what you need at a time when you're not having a crisis will start to remedy this toxic behavior. Or maybe just before you begin a challenging story, especially if you're trying to work on this type of exchange with your partner, you could say before you start, hey, I've had a tough day. Would you mind just listening for a bit? And you'll find that your loving friends and your loving partner will be more than happy to hold that space for you sometimes they just need a reminder. Sometimes they need to know what it is that works best for you. Sign three, you feel like you're in a transactional relationship. And unfortunately, if you're in a transactional relationship, this is uh, something that's very, very difficult to repair. And you'll understand, I think, as we discuss it. So the third sign that it's time to reevaluate your relationship is when you feel you're being used. That's the common term for feeling like a person keeps you in their life based on how useful you are for them. So this is another way to say transactional relationship. It could be one-sided or two-sided. In other words, there could be one person in the relationship who's using the other person for what they have, or you could both be using each other. Uh, For example, people who use each other could be uh, a coach and a player. It could be um, a sponsor and an artist that they fund. So those are types of mutually beneficial, agreed-upon, two-sided transactional relationships. Or maybe even if you're in a, uh, a relationship that's no strings attached and you're just having sex with each other, but if it's an agreement, and that is the key difference between feeling like you're being used and then it being an okay transactional relationship. So of course, when it's not a mutual two-sided transactional relationship, we choose our relationships because we enjoy other people or we even love something about that other person. Maybe they share similar interests or philosophies or values, or they offer emotional support or sexual benefits. It's normal to consider those types of reasons for spending time with others. But a transactional relationship arises when it's one-dimensional and when the relationship's intentions are not clear or they're misrepresented. So... Maybe someone is lying or avoiding certain things. They're obfuscating the truth. They may make statements that are ambiguous so that they let you draw your own conclusion. And you'll probably, if you're not so great at having boundaries and setting clear boundaries and communicating them with others and upholding your own boundaries for yourself. Typically, what happens when someone gives you ambiguous, open-ended statements, especially when you ask them how they feel or what they want to do, typically what's going on is they're letting you draw conclusions about it, and you're going to mislead yourself, and so that's also another way that they can get out of, in their mind, accepting responsibility for their behavior. Um. So it could be like that. It could be unclear in that sense, or they could be actually lying and misrepresenting themselves and the reasons that they're in a relationship with you. For example, when the only reason that someone keeps you in their life is because they want to use your pool (laughs) and You may reflect on this summer if you're in the Northern Hemisphere and think about some friends that you have who really are great friends in the summertime because you have a pool. So eh, that's something to consider. Or we have career or other personal connections that can help someone. And so in a time of need, when they are in a situation where they want to change careers, or they want to network, they might suddenly appear or reappear in our lives. Or again, like in a time uh, of having a pool and it's summertime, they may be in your life more than they normally are. And they may seem like they're all buddy, buddy, and they're more friendly with you. It's, it's just like, it's up to us also to evaluate the way that people behave with us and to what degree it is sincere and then ask ourselves what we want out of it do we want a deep connection with this individual or is this periphery type of acquaintance relationship okay and if it is if you're getting something out of the relationship Maybe you just want to have 50 people at your house for a pool party and you're like, well, this is cool. I love the energy of so many people and watching all these interactions. That is absolutely fine. But if you want people who are going to have deep connections and and it's only maybe five people, then I think you should probably start considering how you want to focus on the people who mean the most to you. And. Another situation is they could be leading us on um, and suggesting that they want a relationship with us. Or, again, like I said, being abstract or unclear, being ambiguous and letting us think, oh, yeah, this person wants to be in a relationship with me. Even when we see different signs that are pretty clear that they don't, but they say things that can have two meanings and we take it the way that we want to believe they mean it. Um then maybe they just want that, you know, no strings attached relationship with us. But we keep trying to tell ourselves that they want something else. It doesn't make it right, but it does mean that we have a role to play in the way that others treat us and in the way that we respect our own boundaries. So, when people behave in this way, when it's a transactional way and it's unclear and it's misrepresented intentions, this is lying and stealing. And that sounds a little harsh, right? But let me explain to you. They're lying about their true intentions. They're not being open and honest. Uh, what's the opposite? <laughs> uh, and then by lying about their true intentions, they're stealing our time and our energy. But once again, we also have to take responsibility. They need to take responsibility, but we can't rely on them to do that. So in the end, it's up to us. We need to take the responsibility. We are giving them our time. There is something that we're getting out of it. And then it's only when it hurts so much that we realize that we need to step away from it. But what you want to do is try to accept that sooner. You want to cut to the chase. You want to rip the band-aid off as soon as possible, because the more time and energy that you invest in something or someone that is ultimately going to dissolve or ultimately going to cause you more pain, um, it will just intensify the more time that you give to it, the more energy you give to it. And that plus, You are also, you, me, when I say that you, it's also me too. I've definitely um, been someone who's played a role in relationships that are transactional. Um, You, me, we also are stealing time from ourselves and energy from ourselves or from relationships that are healthy and not toxic. No such transactional Objectification is useful forever. So that means that if we consent to be in a transactional relationship, if we allow it to persist, it will eventually not exist. So goals-driven people are most likely to treat people transactionally. So that's something to keep in mind, too, as you meet people and you may admire um, people who are goals driven. And that might, too, be something for you to keep in mind. Are you attracted to goals, goals driven people, whether it's friends or romantic partners? Look for qualities in goals driven people if you're attracted to them that are positive qualities and be careful to assess accurately for people who have more toxic characteristics. Definitely don't blame yourself for engaging in relationships with these. A lot of times people who tend to be attracted to toxic situations blame themselves, and it's, it's not a time for blame. And it's not even a time to blame the other person. it's not it's not worth it to try to blame the other person. They've got their own stuff to deal with. We're responsible for ourselves. So don't blame yourself. Just accept responsibility and learn about yourself and do your best. Just start repairing the way that you interact with others. And maybe you go in blind. Maybe you are attracted to certain whirlwind qualities <laughs> or, adventurous qualities in other people or excitable qualities. And maybe you overlook a lot of red flags or a lot of toxic behaviors that now that you know about them, you can start being more aware of them and you can prepare to walk away when you need to. When when, in, when it becomes a time that you're like, all right, I, I can kind of see where this relationship is, Probably going to fizzle out or it's not going to end well. So be honest with yourself about how people spend their time with you, what they ask of you, and how they expect you to act. You can be assured that you represented yourself with integrity. And maintain your high sense of self esteem. By also remembering to honor your own values and boundaries and everything that you need in order to be clear on how you identify with yourself and then how you are out in the real world. Because showing up on the outside as you are on the inside is living to the fullest integrity. If you don't speak up once you realize there's a situation with someone in a relationship, you're actually not living with integrity for yourself or for them. It's scary. I know that. And it's painful. And I have definitely, for decades in my life, made mistakes of not speaking up soon enough. Where I could have seen that a problem could have been resolved or repaired, or other problems down the road could have been eliminated, or I could have moved on more quickly and invested in myself or relationships with other people more quickly that were more beneficial. So, definitely consider these things. All these different levels play a role in our relationships. So, now that you know some hidden toxic traits to look for in your relationships. Things like compromising takes two people, not engaging with people who have a victim mentality, trying to help them shift that if they're doing it and they're unaware. That means that they're they're being selfish and they're putting all that back on themselves. They're spinning the spotlight around and they're putting it on themselves. And then finally, the third one Watch out for transactional relationships. They're one-way streets unless you've agreed to be in one, and even then it gets kind of tricky at times. They te- they technically, um, or traditionally I should say, don't last very long. So what are you going to do about this stuff now? Now that you're aware, you discover that you're in a toxic relationship or there's qualities of toxicity in your relationship, which is basically every relationship. Okay. Let's be honest. None of our relationships are perfect. We're not perfect. So if you have two imperfect beings going into relationship, what do you think is going to happen? So the next step is to address your concerns to your friend or romantic partner as soon as possible. Research shows that starting with the most toxic or most harmful behavior in the relationship is the best option because that's the thing that's negatively affecting your relationship the most. And it's probably bothering you the most. So it's it's like uh, it's like if you have sand in your sandals, or you have rocks in your sandals. So you want to get the rocks out of your sandals first because they're gonna make it the most difficult to keep walking or to make progress in your relationship. And now this is key. Oh, so many times in my life where I just totally blew it on this one. <laughs> Focus on one point at a time. I'm one of those people who likes to make a list and just go like, all right, these are the situations, boom, 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 boom. Let's let's start addressing them. Let's fix this or let's start crossing things off our list. And, you know, this is the thing. Um, but again, <laughs> research shows that when, like, this is just about everything. When you're having conversations with people, this is why we have Topic sentences and topic paragraphs. You know, we have a flashback to school. We have one topic sentence. (laughs) Focus on one point at a time. If there's five things that are issues in your relationship, do not focus on all five at a time. Pick up that stone, the most, you know, the most um, harmful, the, the most uncomfortable thing that's going on in your relationship. And talk about that. Now, what is important too, is you already have started processing this. Like if you're listening to this podcast, this episode, you probably think there's something going on in your relationship or several of your relationships. So you're already thinking about it. You are listening to this for a particular reason. You want to fix things. You want to find things that could be improved upon. The other person in your relationship may not be on the same page as you, may not realize that in trying to be empathic when you're telling a story about your day and then they tell their own story, then they're trying to bond with you, but that's not really working for you. So they may not see things the same way as you. So take your time and thoughtfully evaluate how things can be better and remember that this conversation might be a surprise to your friend or your partner, and they might need time to process it. They might need time to process it. So don't force the conversation if they ask for time to consider it. But also, it is imperative. It is vital. It is of the utmost important that you two set a date when you are going to discuss it. If you're dealing with someone who's transactional, they may try to just hope you forget. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Oh, no, I didn't get to it yet. Oh, gee, this this came up, that came up. No, (laughs) no, especially if this person is your partner. If it's a friend, you might let it slide a little bit longer if you don't see each other as often. But if you're in a romantic, close relationship with somebody, this should be important to them. Yes, I use the word should. (laughs) Um, Your relationship is a key relationship in your life with your romantic partner. And you should be a key person in your romantic partner's life. So they need to make time for you. When you finally do, fully discuss the toxic behavior. Like fully discuss it. Don't belabor it. Don't belabor it. So the other thing is um, one point at a time and then be as concise as possible. In other words, don't hash out everything that's been going on. Be clear about what you see is happening and what you expect as an outcome, what your desired outcome is, and then see how they feel about it. So fully discuss the topic how a new habit can be developed to replace the toxic behavior and how the toxic behavior will be addressed when it inevitably reappears during the phasing out process. Um, You know how habits are. You've tried to change habits, pick up new habits, get rid of old habits, right? I know I have. And I'm still working on some that I started when I was in my 20s. So decades ago. And it's like that. And it's going to be like that for your relationship too. And people will need reminding. And it doesn't mean that they're doing it on purpose. But if it's consistent enough and they're not being flexible enough and they're not apologizing and they're not taking responsibility for their actions... That's another sign that maybe they're not as invested in the relationship with you, or they're just not in a place in their life where they're capable of it right now. People do have things going on, and some people have more going on in their lives, and different parts of our lives, different time periods in our lives, are filled with different expectations. And sometimes we have the mental, physical, and spiritual energy to put it in one place or another or to put it in a bunch of places. And sometimes we don't. So remember, we're not trying to blame somebody. We're trying to make things better. And if we can't make the relationship better, then we want to make it better for you, right? We want to make it better for ourselves. So finally, be patient and work as a team. Your goal is to build back stronger to repair and strengthen your relationship. Maybe some of you have heard of the Japanese philosophical concept of Wabi Sabi or the Japanese art of Kitsugi. It's important to not only accept our imperfections and the imperfections of the relationship. But to embrace them. Because we love ourselves, right? We love ourselves. We love our imperfections. This is our journey. This is our life. This is what we have. This is what we have. So we have to love it. And it's the same with our relationships, they're imperfect as well. But we're on a journey together with somebody, whether it's a friend or whether it's our romantic partner. And as long as both of us are working together, when we're in these relationships, then it's an opportunity for us to embrace, not just the awesome stuff that's going on in our lives, but even the challenges. To recognize that everything is imperfect and imperfections are beautiful. As long as everyone in the relationship is sincerely and respectfully working to repair the relationship, then we have a living, healthy relationship. In the tradition of kutsugi, it's an art where a broken object, and it's typically pottery, is repaired with lacquer. It starts out as a liquid and then it dries very hard. And that lacquer is dusted or mixed with a powdered metal. So, think gold, silver, platinum. If you've seen this type of art, uh, the most common type that I've seen of metal is gold. So, maybe you've seen that before. The repair allows the pottery or the object to remain functional, to continue in essence living. So, like our relationships, We want to keep them alive by repairing them and making them stronger, taking different pieces and bringing them together and making them stronger. So you'll find if everyone is working together, then we can keep on going. This is great. We can keep using that bowl. We can still fill it up with liquid, and the liquid's not going to leak out. Yet if you find that everyone is not working towards repair or that the repair is weak, that they're not really trying that hard in other words, then your relationship's going to eventually fall apart. For example, the water is going to leak out of it. So that means good things that you put into your relationship will in essence leak out. They they won't matter. It's still going to feel empty you understand what I'm saying there with that that image? When it comes to relationships, studies show that it's better to end the relationship as soon as you safely can. That means safe for yourself and everyone involved, even animals, pets, if there's any involved. Once you realize that it is not going to work, that the other person is not willing to or just is not in a space, to repair and try to hold on or rebuild the relationship. So once you realize that it's just too toxic, relationships are not meant to be one-sided and everyone has to care and to work at repairing, rebuilding, strengthening, and holding the relationship together. At times, all relationships are tough. All of them are tough. But overall, your relationships with your friends and your romantic partner will be filled with beautiful memories that you'll cherish forever. I hope you're feeling more confident and courageous to live your dream life. If you've enjoyed or been inspired by the podcast, please share it with your friends and networks and take a moment now to subscribe and give the show a five-star rating. Learning to be more mindful is so critical to our health and our happiness, and your five-star ratings make sure that more people are aware of the show. I want to thank all of you who have become a regular part of our curious community. When I read your comments and praise, I feel so humbled and so grateful for the community that we're building. You can follow me on Instagram at Live Curious Podcast, so you can find out about the next weekly episode. And I'd also love to keep track of your thoughts on our topics. And hey, tell me some topics you'd like me to talk about. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. I look forward to sharing more episodes with you.